Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. Now more with Sandy Clough and Sean Drotar, presented by Superbook Sports. Download the Superbook app and start winning today at Superbook.com. This is Sandy and Sean on Mile High Sports. Joining us now might be uh, the hardest working man in Colorado sports. And if you don't know him yet, we're going to make sure you do. That is our friend Dan Mormon, the editor-in-chief of ColoradoPreps.com. You can follow him on social with Dan Mormon. That's M-O-H-R-M-A-N-N. Dan, uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, you are a, a one-man army road warrior. I don't even know what to call it uh, all season long, but especially this time of year with the high school football uh, playoffs underway, the 5A uh, p- gets underway tonight. Uh, Arvada West taking on Rock Canyon before the the, the uh, tomorrow night really gets it going in earnest. But uh, first off... I, let, could you just for a second let people know like your, your schedule this week? <laughs> I'm curious about what that my, myself. What my schedule first, is? like, where are you? Where are you now? Are you now? Yeah, all right. I want to cry. <laughs> all I want to do is cry for a little bit. Um, no, it's great. Uh, I'll get into what I'm going to do this weekend here in a minute because this weekend's actually going to be really fun for me. But over the next couple weeks, uh, we're closing out the 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 full slate of fall state championships. So. Right. Uh, ne- next weekend, I will be living out of both the Denver Coliseum, and I think I'm going to have to go back and forth between there and Weiner Field, which is uh, five blocks from my house in Colorado Springs for state soccer, and then back up to the Coliseum to catch the tail end of volleyball. So right. there's going to be a lot of I-25 movement for me next weekend. Um this fall, I've already been to Montrose for state golf. I've gone back and forth, you know, uh, to Denver several times, obviously, for various state championship events. And uh, cross country was down in my neck of the woods, which is always fun because I got to listen to all the Denver prep media talk about how bad the weather was last Saturday when, you know, I-25 was a disaster. And it's fun to, to actually look at all of them for a change and say, oh, this is me 95%. So, you know, you guys understand what I get to go through nine times out of ten because I still live close to my home in Colorado Springs, and I I love it here. And um, if the boss man ever says, come north, we'll have that conversation and we'll make it work. But until he does, I I enjoy the way that I do things right now. But uh, tomorrow is going to be the start of my first weekend of football playoff coverage. And the first weekend, I always like to put emphasis on the small school. So I'm going to pack things up. I'm going to drive to Buena Vista for a 6 p.m. kick between them and Colorado Springs Christian. And then Saturday morning, I'll I'll stay in Buena Vista overnight. Saturday morning, I'll pack everything back up and I'll go up to Kremlin, Colorado, which I I don't, if you guys can point to Kremlin on a map, Sandy might. I feel like Sandy's been around long enough that he might know where Kremlin is, but um, I don't know. Danny Bailey might, might, yeah, I don't know. Danny Bailey would know. I've driven through Kremlin. If you're going to Steamboat Springs and you blink, you miss yeah, Kremlin. That's right. Exactly so, right. That's well said. That's so well I'm gonna said. Go, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm going to go watch Kremlin for uh, about 30 seconds. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I do have a, one more funny story. I'm, I'm going to try not to take the entire hour on you guys, but 
Um, so I'm, I'm going to go see West Grand and Cedric County. That's going to be my second game. And then I'm actually going to try and make it back so I can hang out with uh, Sean in the in the press box at Folsom for the, the CU oh, game yeah. on Saturday yeah, night. Nice. But uh, the last time I was in, I was at a West Grand football game. It was when Chris Brown, who was still their head coach, he uh, he set the all-time wins record for a fo- for a high school football coach in Colorado, and this was a few years ago. And he's still obviously the leader by leaps and bounds. Um, the game's over, and I'm getting ready to write my story. I tell him I need a, a place to sit down and Wi-Fi. He brings me into his office, he gets me set up, and he tells me, "Okay, just make sure you shut the door before you leave." So, okay, is there a janitor or anyone I should I should let uh, let him know that I'm I'm done and I'm I'm leaving? And he said, "No, you're the only one in the building. You're yeah. the only one in this entire school." I'm like, oh, okay. So I'm, I'm working on my story. About 15 minutes later, Chris walks back into his office, and he says, hey, I made it home, and I told my, my wife you, you know, that you drove up from the Springs to write this story about me, and she wanted me to come back and tell you that we have a guest room in our house because all of our kids are gone if you need to stay overnight instead of drive back. And it's, guys, that's why I love going to small towns because small-town football is the absolute best. I can tell by reading your coverage that – you do lean uh, in that direction, but it continues to amaze me that you get around the way you do. And you are writing about these games that you've actually seen. You aren't getting secondhand accounts. You see a ton of these games. And uh, I, I certainly appreciate your emphasis uh, on the smaller schools, but uh, to me, this is one of the more interesting years uh, in 5A. And I'm wondering if of the, uh, how many are there? Five games, I think. There will be eight games this week. Eight weekend. games so total this weekend. But, um, you know, five kind of in and around our area a little bit. But I'll ask you to comment on all eight. Any of those teams, any of those 16 teams, a threat, to the top eight seeds in 5A that will be getting buys this week? You know, um, I, I haven't seen Fairview, but Fairview is always a team that just scares me from the standpoint that they've, they've had these gun-slinging quarterbacks now for years. And uh, by all accounts, they actually, Fairview early in the year may have been able to put the nail in the proverbial coffin of Valor Christian because Valor, I think was um, it might've been Owen two at the time and Fairview was up 28 to nothing on them and lost that game 29 to 28. And so, you know, uh, to have that team up, right. So you had a four score lead over, I believe the number seven, seed number seven, seed. that's right. That's so, right. so you, you have a team that, that, nearly nearly took him down and and their quarterback uh Beckham Kritza he's not he's not the gunslinger that um that we've seen in previous years but he's still put putting together a, a really remarkable season and the number that stands out uh to me when it comes to him 18 touchdowns to two interceptions when you have a guy who's, who doesn't turn the ball over and he's been hurt a little bit this year too and that's what people you know and 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 now that I'm looking at it, he's uh, shoot. He he might and, and like I said, I haven't seen Fairview play. I don't know when he got hurt, but that was through five games. So you you also have uh, Rowan Reisner, who's put together a little uh, a pretty good campaign. He doesn't have quite the turnover to 
touchdown ratio that Chris had. But um, Fountain Fort Carson, they're going to rely on their running back in uh, Matthias Price. And he's, uh, he's a big boy. And he was leading all of 11-man football in rushing at one point. That's another one. If you let Fountain Fort Carson control the ball, that could be a little bit of a stunner, especially when you have a team like Columbine who's going to try and run yeah. it as well. So, yeah. um, you know, those are two teams to keep an eye on. Legend has uh, – they got a big, big win earlier this year over Pine Creek. So, right that there. Is that is a big win. Because Pine Creek's a number four seed, right? Yeah, and and I have seen that team play, and that is a talented football team led by Mason Miller, a kid who's going to Iowa State. Yeah. He – he, he he's big and it's, it's one of those, you know, it should be a punishment. If you're, if you're misbehaving at school is putting on pads and trying to tackle Mason Miller, forget about detention. Like that would be, that would be terrible enough. But um, so you've seen some of those lower seats actually get wins over uh, or come close to getting wins over these top seats. I, I, I just wanted to add there. Uh, I, I'm shocked. You say Columbine's still a running team, huh? Uh, they've thrown it a little bit more this year. They have they, thrown it a little they, bit more. This so that year means they throw it ten times a game instead of uh, three or instead four. Three. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> or you know, six I, instead of three. Andy Lowry is one of those guys who's almost one of the greats to a fault. One of the greats, and um, and you know, this isn't a team that does it all with one guy. I mean, um, th- their standout running back, Josh Schneider, he's got over a thousand yards, and obviously he's. You know, if you slow them down, you can hinder that a little bit. But they have almost another thousand yard rusher. They have a guy who's who's rushed for almost five hundred yards. But then, you know, the, you have a quarterback in Reeve Holiday who's thrown for ten touchdowns this year. And w- and when you hear that about a Columbine team, it just completely throws you off, doesn't it? Uh, it does. And it, it, I mean, even you know, talking about, it, I think for a lot of people haven't paid attention to it, the idea of wait, Valor's the seventh seed. I mean, it feels like that's sort of a. And I'll think if you haven't checked in, and of course, ColoradoPreps.com is the place to stay up on all of it. Like as I mentioned before, by the way, the, uh, the the playoffs on the 5A actually get going tonight with Arvada West and Rock Canyon. Mm-hmm. But when, when you look at at that that 5A, 4A, when you look at any particular players uh, in this, and, and I obviously you're concerned to be about teams first and foremost, it is high school ball. But when you're looking at, at particular players that have been standouts at any level, can you pick out any particular players that you've been a little surprised by the performance or we may be hearing about in the collegiate level next year too, as recruits out of the state. Well, I, I can't say I'm surprised by his performance, but uh, Erie quarterback Blake Barnett in my mind is one of the top quarterbacks in the state. He's um, he, he's got a little bit of swagger to him. He's confident. I saw him as a sophomore. He came to Palmer Ridge and he beat the bears in the four a quarterfinals and Palmer Ridge for as long and when that football team started, you know, making deep playoff runs and winning state championships, Palmer Ridge is never an easy out. And for him to to put together the performance that he did, he sold me that year as a sophomore. Last year, uh, they very well win the state championship if he doesn't get pulled down a yard shy of a two point conversion. I think in the uh, in overtime in the loss to Broomfield, who went on to win the 4A state title. So um, Erie is actually the best 4A team in my mind. We started running media polls, and Palmer Ridge yeah. held that distinction uh, through most of the year. But there's there were about three of us voting in that poll that had Erie as number one. And the reason is we've all seen Blake Barnett play uh, 
quite a few times. And he's the reason that if, if Erie goes on and win the, wins the state title, he's a big, big part of that. And he's a kid. He's, he's committed to Kansas state. He's going out to Manhattan. So we may see him back in Boulder uh, in Uh, in a couple of years. And that would be fun. Absolutely. Absolutely. But, uh, but, but you, I mean, the teams that have a buyout there, you didn't mention uh, six-ranked Ponderosa. I mean, what's their standard puncher's chances against those top ones? If they get that I mean, I, I'm not, I'm not <laughs> sure about their alums. I'm not sure about the people they yeah, produce. That's, uh, that's yeah, that's shaky. Yeah, the alumni group's kind of <laughs> sketchy. I get all of that. I know, I know. But, yeah. But I'll, Okay, but if, if we're going <laughs> to dig into to Ponderosa and, and um, alma maters, Sean, I'm happy to do that. Jaron Cohen, the, the Ponderosa head coach, is actually a, a pretty good buddy of mine. And uh, I, I kind of caught on to the story earlier in the year about Thomas Jefferson and just kind of the resurgence they've had under Mike Greibel. And it was his area team, uh, his neighborhood football team when he was growing up. So to see them at a DPS school playing so well, you know, so I put together this story about it. And it was the week they were going in to play Ponderosa. And, you know, my buddy Jaron Cohen shoots me a text and says, what are you doing? And I said, hey, it's not about it's not about them playing. <laughs> Still got to cover the story. Yeah. The, the reason I actually got that story done when I did was because they were playing Liberty, so they came south, so I didn't have to make the drive up. So it was it was more out of convenience on my end, and I'm, I'll be the first to admit that. Uh, and then what did Ponderosa do? They turned around and waxed them, and uh, they knocked Thomas Jefferson out of a bye, and they put themselves in. Uh, obviously, the bye there for Ponderosa. TJ ends up with the 10th seed. They will take on Stanley Lake, and uh, that happens as That's well tonight. tonight. Yeah, so these get going tonight. Uh, th- this is obviously a tremendous undertaking for, for you, Dan, and uh, th- it's it's a remarkable experience because when you go to ColoradoPreps.com and you look at the scoreboard, and we're just talking about football. I mean, you're yeah. talking about 5A, 4A, 3A, 2A, 1A, 8-man, 6-man, covering all that. I mean, tomorrow you got uh, Eads and Idalia uh, playing on the 6-man uh, the schedule, so, I mean, all of it's over there at ColoradoPreps.com, and that's, uh, by the way, just on the football. We haven't talked. You mentioned volleyball coming yes. up, uh, all the, the the fall sports coming to a close, and then we jump right into the spring ones soon enough. So ColoradoPreps.com, if you haven't had a chance to uh, to go there and get used to it there, do that. And, of course, you can get the free Colorado Preps app and get all those scoreboards happening in your pocket, scores updating live as they go. Uh, it's a terrific place to go. So Dan's the, Dan's the man that makes it work, uh, top to bottom. Always appreciate talking to you because – uh, we know you are busy, my friend. Yeah, if you guys need me tomorrow night, I'll be sitting in Buena Vista, Colorado. There's, All right. There's worse places to be. Yeah. All right, we'll enjoy the football, and we'll make sure we send everyone over there to coloradopreps.com for the latest. Thanks, Dan. Thanks, Dan. Thanks, fellas. Uh, Dan Mormon, of course, joining us. Uh, make sure you can follow Dan on socialist, Dan, M-O-H-R-M-A-N-N. And uh, I, I tell you, there is nobody in this town that works hard because really uh, nobody – Puts in that focus in covering preps football. And, and you can hear it in his voice going all the way from 5A to 6, man. Everything in between uh, covering all of it, which is just really uh, remarkable. So always good to grab a, a, a conversation with him. And you want to capsule on some of those players. It talked about uh, some of those particular quarterbacks. Well, you can still find it because My Life Sports' latest magazine, the football issue, is still on shelves. Pat Sertan is on the cover yes. of that. But included in that, capsules of some of the teams and the best players that you'll be following as these high school playoffs roll along. So check that out in the latest Miley Sports Magazine. Some covers there by Dan and Colorado Preps in that one as well. Get yourself ready for uh, games this weekend. It is it is a fun time. Uh, and watching Preps Sports and the football programs in particular continue to grow in Colorado it, over and over. Look, it's not, it's not Texas here yet. I get that. Probably never will be. 
but there is more and more passion building around it all the time. And, and that ends up being exciting, especially for a lot of kids that, uh, let's be honest, I know, I know, surprise parents, I know. Every parent is convinced your child is going to move on to college and then star and then win the Heisman and go to the NFL. Truth of the matter is 99%, if not more, of those players, this is the peak. This might even be the end. They may not even play in college. And it's just as impactful in many ways to their lives, being part of a team and having these moments in high school or terrific memories that no matter how it ends up, you never get to take away. Those moments live with you forever. Absolutely. But nothing like memories uh, from high school. And I, I still remember uh, uh, some of the teams uh, uh, that I uh, grew up watching in the, on the high school level, even before I got to high school. Um uh, and this was New York State, not necessarily a bastion of uh, football prospects in the way that Florida is, right. Texas is, California is, for example. But uh, it, it, it's, it's just tremendously exciting. And the coaching is magnificent. It really, it's, it's, it's sort of amazing. really underrated, and we have a great cast of coaches. And the majority of coaches, yeah. by the way, still are, they still teach. Yes, they're, they're, they're teachers, and after Absolutely. school they go back out and yeah. they coach. And I have a tremendous amount of respect for those long coaches, days. the head coaches, the assistant coaches, all that. They're really, really long days for the students, for the coaches and teachers. So a great opportunity to celebrate all of that. I know somebody else who happens to celebrate this time of oh, year yeah. in high school football because he works with a lot of these kids. He's our friend, of course, Dr. Rick Perea, the performance psychologist supreme. He uh, joins us. Every Monday here on Mile High Sports at 5 p.m. for Mental Monday, get your checkup from the neck up from Dr. Rick Perea. He's the former psychologist, the world champion Denver Broncos back in 2015, the Colorado Rockies, and the current world champion Denver Nuggets, uh, with whom he has worked in the past. Dr. P also helps middle and, yes, high school performers to reach peak levels. So whether you're an everyday performer at work, at play, or at school, call Dr. P today at 720-287-0933. That's 720-287-0933. Or look him up at Dr. P at thinkone4u.org. That's the number four, thinkone4u.org. Well, we ended up crowning a World Series champion, and uh, boy, you talk about a team that suffers two big injuries and uh, handles it the right way. How about the Texas Rangers? Their first title as uh, World Series champs after 53 seasons. We'll talk about that tremendous run and what it means to the Colorado Rockies. There's a connection there. You might not like it, but it exists. We'll talk about it next on Miley Sports. This is Sandy Clough and Chandro Tar on Mile High Sports. Spores kicks and fires. He struck him out looking. It's over. It's over. The Rangers have won the World Series. Ranger fans, you're not dreaming. The Rangers are the World Series champions. After 52 years in Texas, 63 years of the franchise. The wait is over. 
And the celebration has begun. As you can guess, that would be from the Texas Rangers uh, radio yes, network. Uh, obviously, it looked a couple of days ago. Not not as if, look, the Rangers were the favorites. They should have been the favorites. Uh, that's not a shock. But a couple of days ago, when Adolis Garcia, who had been uh, their best overall player, superstar. certainly their most dangerous, yeah, a superstar player, probably the best overall talent in the playoffs. Yeah, uh, I agree with that. Could not play for the rest of the World Series. Max Scherzer, a Lock Hall of Famer, uh, one day in the future, also removed. Both had to and be probably removed. was going to be the game seven starter. Yes, and, and it looked like in a two one series it might go seven. Removed from the roster entirely. Yep, uh, they end up. And then all the Rangers do is just go win the next two. Uh, Garcia apparently with an impassioned speech in the locker room, basically explaining about badly before he wanted game to be there. Four. Uh, yes, before yeah. game four, and uh, then off they go. And so a, a remarkable performance, you know, remarkable talent. Congratulations, by the way, one John Gray. Yes. Remember signing Good with the John. signing with the Rangers, yeah. uh, coming out of the bullpen for them, and pitched four and two thirds scoreless relief innings in the World Series. Good for John How Gray. About and th- there were just a few in the pen who had earned Bruce Bochy's unconditional support. One was the guy who closed out the series last night. More on him in a second. Aroldis Chapman, Leclerc. And frankly, John Gray, in long relief, they, they were the the guys he really trusted, and uh, um, all of them were factors in the series. And uh, Chapman and Spores pitched last night. They could have gone to Leclerc in the ninth. They didn't need to, and I love that. Yeah, I love that. Now, in a one nothing scenario, it might have been different. But it was not one to nothing. It was five to nothing. Bruce Bochy says to Spores between innings, you're ready to go out there. And Spores says, yes. Spores wryly noting afterwards, I was a lot more comfortable going out there up five runs as opposed to one run. That yeah. made, made, made me a lot more comfortable. But the managerial genius of Bruce Bochy, and I, I, I want to get this in before we move on. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I think else. we need to talk about Bochi. Bruce Bochi. Winning World Series with two different teams. Joe Torre won four, just as Bochi did, but all came with the Yankees, 96 and three in a row from 98 through 2000. Walter Alston with the Brooklyn and Los Angeles Dodgers, 1955, 59, 63, and 65. Connie Mack, all with the old Philadelphia A's, of course, and he managed there forever, uh, 1910, 1911, 1913, and 29 and 30, when they had kind of a mini dynasty with the Philadelphia A's, beating out uh, Ruth Gehrig and the Yankees for the American League pennant and winning two of the three World Series during that stretch. And uh, then you have Joe McCarthy, who won with the Yankees in 1932, 36 through 39. Those were the DiMaggio teams little bit of Garrig at the end, and in 41 and 43, which are kind of war years, mm-hmm. uh, although 1941 is remembered for DiMaggio's 56-game right. inning streak, uh, Joe McCarthy is a terrific manager. Casey Stengel, all with the Yankees, 49 through 53, 56 and 58, uh, which spawned the great Walter Spahn, 
line. Walter Spahn pitched for the Boston Braves when he began. Casey Stengel was the manager in the early 1940s. And believe it or not, Walter Spahn, uh, Warren Spahn was still around uh, in the 60s to pitch for the New York Mets, managed by Casey Stengel. And Spahn once noted, I knew and played for Casey before and after he was a genius. <laughs> but I don't know if Bruce Bochy would feel comfortable being labeled as a genius. But as far as handling pitching, overall, starting pitching, relief pitching, to me, he's the greatest manager of all time. Nobody handled the staff. Because the there is this discussion. Bruce Bochy handled it this year for the Texas Rangers and during the three championship years in San Francisco. Yeah, you know, the, the idea today is he's the greatest manager ever. I'm like, look, well, you, some of that is beauty in the eyes of the beholder, and baseball's been going on for a long time. You talk about And Connie, his overall Connie record Mack. is not great. You're talking about a guy that started managing in 1894, so it's yeah. not exactly comparable. But Bochy is actually just slightly, just slightly, he's eight games under 500 in his career as a manager in the regular season. Now, uh, Connie Mack, by the way, finished his 217 below. Uh, 500, yes. so yes. it's not as if it's unprecedented, but he has a 499 career winning percentage as a manager in the regular season. In the postseason, 606. <laughs> that's better than Stengel. That's better than yep. Mack. Yep. That's better than Torrey. That's yep. better than Alston. Yep. That's better than LaRusa. That's yep. better than McGraw. <laughs> Out of the amazing. 10 amazing. managers in history who have won three or more World Series, and Bochy, yep. by the way, has won four. four now. Only McCarthy and Sparky Anderson have a higher winning yeah. percentage in the postseason. That's right. And he has been to the playoffs nine times, yeah. nine, and won the series in four of them. And, and that is say silly. I, I love Sparky Anderson. We used to have him on uh, shows when I was uh, partnering with uh, Steve Harms back in the 1990s. I listened to that show. And, and uh, it, it, Sparky was great. But it took Sparky a while to get going. Because in 1970, the Reds made it. Um, I think Dave Bristol was the manager. And then they come back. Sparky takes over. In 72, they go to the World Series. Reggie gets hurt for Oakland in the League Championship Series. And this is the start of the big red machine, right? And they lose the World Series to Oakland without Reggie. In seven games, it was the seventh game at Old Riverfront Stadium in Cincinnati. Come back in 73, the Mets, who won 82 games that year, beat them in the championship series because they used to rotate home field back and forth regardless of record. And the Mets had the fifth game in a best-of-five series at Shea Stadium in New York, and they won it behind Tom Seaver. 1974, the Dodgers beat them out. 75, the Reds are back. They've got Joe Morgan now added to the cast. And they get to the World Series. They run to the Boston Red Sox. They're heavy favorites. And the Red Sox steal that famous sixth game at Fenway Park to tie the series 3-3. And they go to the seventh game. They're down 3 nothing in the sixth. And Sparky's going crazy in the dugout. Just going crazy. Some big red machine. We're going to lose again and we'll all get fired. And Pete Rose goes up to Sparky Anderson and said, Skip, we got it. This is down 3 nothing in the sixth inning. And, in fact, they did. And they finally broke through. And then they won again the next year. And he won in Detroit. So he won with two different teams, too. A great manager. But Bruce Bochy is up there in that class. 
There, there's no question about it. I don't care what his regular season. He, he's like Buddy Black in the sense that they both managed in San Diego and they managed a lot of bad teams. Bruce Bochy got to the World Series, though, in San Diego one year. Uh, and it got creamed by the well, Yankees. I, I, how would you slice it? Only six managers have ever won four or more. Yeah, six. That, that's now, that's I, it. I pointed out there are that's ten it. that have won three and or more. And he's one of them. But, yeah. but he's one of the out guys. Out of the ten that have won three or more, four more. he's the only one that's not in the Hall of Fame because yeah. he's the only one that's still going. Well, he was going to the Hall of Fame before this year. Now is, it's comical. Now, without question, he's going to the Hall of Fame. And I guess they say... He's going to come back next year and try it again. I'd be tempted to retire myself, but uh, he's a baseball guy, and uh, he's he's one of those guys, and every organization should have somebody who serves as a buffer kind of between the analytics department and the dugout, right, Yeah, the manager. So you have all this data. Managers don't want to look at all that stuff, but to – translate and condense the data and present it in digestible form to the manager. And the Rangers have somebody like that. So Bruce Bochy can say, I'm not anti-analytics, right. but there's certain situations, particularly pertaining to pitching, where you do have to go by feel. And you have to go with a person involved. Listen, they, they started Evaldi last night. The first five innings of, of that game, in each of those innings, they had runners in scoring position when the inning ended. I mean, it was perils of Pauline stuff. It, uh, they were 0 for 9 with runners in scoring position in the first five innings. That's how close they were cutting it. And, oh, by the way, the guy on the other side was throwing a perfect game through four innings and a no-hitter through six. And Evaldi kept them because he kept getting out of those jams. Now, most managers relying perhaps on analytics would have said, you know, we're, we're, we're really stretching it for three or four innings. This guy's in trouble every inning. They ended up getting five innings. And believe me, that extra inning was very, very important because it allowed him to use the bullpen the way he wanted to use the bullpen. But he stuck with Ivaldi when a lot of managers wouldn't, especially when the guy on the other side is throwing a perfecto yeah. for, for almost half the game. Congratulations to the to the Rangers of Bochi, by the way, out of those six that have won uh, four or more. Only Bochi and Joe Torre managed during the free agency era of baseball. True. Which is, which is a an lot of these guys, as you could tell. That's an important part they, of the equation when you compare 60 it. 60 plus years. Right. So that that matters uh, as well. Uh, give and it up Torre to uh, and Bochi, stylistically similar, too. Yes, in a, lot, in a lot of ways. Much but but Bochy's teams, by and large, maybe not with the budget that a lot of Tories uh, had over the years. Uh, uh, not exactly. Not quite the same. Of course, Bochy never had to listen to George Steinbrenner. Uh, there is that. A credit, of course, to the uh, World Series MVP, Corey Seager, by the way. Uh, I mean, yeah, wow. We talked about it before the game. The first uh, shortstop did three home runs in a single word series. Here's Seager's line for the five games. Six for 21, six runs, a double, three home runs, six RBI, three walks to five strikeouts, an OPS of, oh, hum, 1.137. Just a dominant performance, and that's with his standard gold glove caliber defense as well. That's, that's I think, the sleeper part of this Rangers team. Could they hit? They absolutely could. That team could really Flash the left. Outfield they could, was great. Their outfield could fly. And, and even without Garcia, the middle, they found a way to get it done. Down yeah. the middle, catcher, 
Second short center field, obviously. Yeah. Uh, exceptional defensively. I mean, their their best their best two players after Garcia goes out is your second baseman and your shortstop. Yeah, absolutely. And, 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 and they were great the last Simeon few games. Seager. I mean, they were electric. Seager was great the whole playoffs, but Simeon finished by the way with a ho hum nine seventeen OPS. Uh, well, but but he <laughs> came on in the games that meant the most. He did. Uh, he was big at the plate, and I want to tell a quick story about uh, the guy who closed out the World Series for Texas last night. Josh Spores. On Labor Day, I was in Arlington watching the Rangers play the Astros. And Haney is pitching for Texas. Mm-hmm. And Texas jumps out to a 3 nothing lead. They go to the top of the fifth, and things start to go haywire. But it's still a tight game going to the top of the sixth. And Josh Spores comes in. And in two-thirds of an inning, he gives up five hits, six runs, five of them earned, two walks, and a home run. And one of the hardest hit balls I've ever seen that didn't go out of a ballpark hit by the great Jose Altuve in that inning off Josh Spores. Crowd boos him off the field. <laughs> they obviously had to take him out eventually. They end up losing 13-6 to on Labor Day to Houston. And you're thinking a few days later, Spores goes on the injured list was not activated until September 27th. And in the postseason, this guy who was hammered on Labor Day, and it looked like the series that more or less resembled the championship series where the Texas Rangers just got killed in their home ballpark by the Houston Astros. In the playoffs, though, Josh Spores, 0.75 ERA in 12 innings pitched, in the postseason, this is what I love about postseason baseball and why I get so irritated when people say, well, nobody's going to watch Arizona and Texas. There aren't any good stories there. There's nothing oh, there's but good, good stories. stories. They're great just not, stories. Just not and this power. guy is a great story. This guy was, um, I believe I have this right, optioned six times to AAA in 2022. He was on the 60-day disabled list, or injured list as they now call it, to finish the 22 season. And he was activated this year, as I said, on September 27th. He was on the injured list this year with an ankle sprain, a right, uh, right biceps tendonitis, and a left hamstring strain, which is the last injury he had shortly after getting bombed by the Astros on Labor Day. Well, that, that's And a, he comes back, and he is the guy who closes out the World Series with two and a third innings pitched. Not one of these guys who comes in. I mean, you have to face three batters. Now. Right. I get that. But not a one-inning specialist. They send him out for two and a well, third innings. We talked about John Gray. And they got Gray. their closer down there. He's well-rested. John Gray, four and two-thirds out of both teams. The most... Innings pitched without allowing a run in the World Series for John Gray. By the way, there you go. For the uh, Colorado Rockies, they are now one of only uh, five, five teams yes. to have never made or never won a World World Series. Only one team has never even appeared. That would be the Mariners, who have never appeared. But the Rockies have one that's maybe even more embarrassing. Out of the five that have never won a World Series, that'd be the Padres, the Brewers, who were both founded in 69, the Mariners in 77, the Rockies in 93, and the Rays in 98, who have made it twice but not won. The Rockies are the only team 
to not only never win a World Series, but never win a, a division, division. ever. And listen, people think, and with good reason. The Mariners won a division because they still have the record for the most wins the in a Texas, single season. The Texas Rangers won their first division title 27 years ago. That was 1996. Rockies the Rockies for seasons. were in the playoffs in 1995, but they were a wild card team. They've never won. This the was National their League 31st West. season. Unbelievable. They have yet they, they, to win the division. They've never won. And, uh, you know, we will say kind of an asterisk, the city of Milwaukee has celebrated a World Series Correct. victory back in 1957. It's not the Brewers. Who are the former uh, and, Seattle and Pilots? And by the way, Seattle won 116 games yeah. in 2000. Mariners, uh, Mariners have the record still for single-season wins. So, yeah, there's... Uh, there's that. Uh, sad news coming out of the NBA, and of course, really college basketball, terrific all-timer, a great Walter Davis, of course, with the Denver Nuggets for a few years at the tail end of his career, passes away at the age of 69. We'll talk a little bit about the Greyhound next on My Life Sports. This is Sandy Clough and Chandro Tar on Mile High Sports. Sad news from the basketball world, the Denver Nuggets world as well. Five-time NBA All-Star Walter Davis, the uh, terrific player, of course, formerly uh, North Carolina, <laughs> a uh, an early favorite of Michael Jordan, along with, by the way, former Denver Nugget David Thompson. Absolutely. Uh, going up there, influence there. Uh, Walter Davis, unfortunately, uh, the news comes that he passes away at the age uh-huh. of 69. Uh, Davis, of course, mentioned the, the, the multiple-time All-Star. Finished, uh, didn't, uh, did finish his career in Denver with a little blip, uh, went to Portland for a year before yeah. coming back. But but uh, we, we saw him at the end, and he was dignified, and he was uh, still a terrific shooter and score and still averaged 13.5 a game and he arrived at Denver at the age of 34. I thought he was uh, among all the people I knew and we got to know players a little better back then and, and, and developed relationships and and I saw Walter a lot after he uh, retired. Uh, He still uh, lived around town and I'd run into him all the time. He was always gracious polite one of those guys who said hello first before you said hello to mm-hmm. him he would say hello to you uh, one of the great gentlemen uh, of of the game and uh, was a 1976 olympian people people forget that um you know bob knight probably did coach in 84 the greatest olympic team made up of amateurs uh of all time there, there's Little doubt it's also that. it's also but the, the last gold medal for the United States made up of all amateurs That's as correct, well because Thompson's eighty eight team uh, did not win gold and that was when uh, a whole bunch of people uh, concocted the idea of uh, a dream team and now we have uh, we have seen that uh, come to fruition in the best possible way but listen Walter Davis could play any kind of game. At any time, he he played on some terrific Phoenix teams for John McLeod and uh, uh, came here to Denver. And, uh, you know, you're right. Uh, Michael Jordan wanted him in Chicago. Uh, Yeah. uh, Michael Jordan's recommendations to uh, Jerry Jerry Krause, Krause. the late uh, Jerry Krause, didn't 
did not often come to pass. And um, a lot of the time, Krause was right, um, maybe a little more often than not. But uh, Walter could play uh, any style, and he he stood out uh, as uh, someone you 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 really would pull for. And I was I was shocked. Uh, he's visiting family in in, in Carolina. Uh, apparently died of natural causes at the age of uh, sixty nine. And of course, we know uh, uh, Walter's nephew is Hubert Davis, mm-hmm. the head coach now at the University of North Carolina. Yeah, the uh, I I think about that uh, th- that era in which Walter Davis landed with the Nuggets because I remember the year prior they had finished first in the in the Midwest. That uh, eighty seven eighty right. It then fell off, and they kind of hovered around the third or fourth for a little bit as, as Alex English aged too. But I mean, yeah, he aged. But I'll tell you what: in eighty nine ninety, the Nuggets started nineteen and nine, and I don't know that Walter was the most valuable player across the first third of that eighty nine ninety season. But if he wasn't, he was damn close, and they had an. Uh, a big lead in Dallas against a good Mavericks team. They blew the game, lost in overtime, and that was the end of uh, the Nuggets of the 1980s uh, because Doug Moe was fired Mm -hmm. uh, before the next season began. And uh, the great Nugget years of the 1980s in which uh, they were next to the Lakers, the winningest team in the Western Conference, um, it all came to an end, and largely uh, through the next 15 years, the Nuggets were terrible. But I, 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 I sort of, uh, that's where I was starting to realize that this might be something I, I, I want to do, watching, the, watching those, oh, yeah. those teams and watching that sort of, uh, you know, Alex English and Walter Davis playing their incredibly smooth, efficient games oh. with very little wasted motion, a fat lever Absolutely. with an all-around game. Yep. And then watching as as the three point stripe started to become important, yes. watching Michael Adams and his sort of shot put delivery, yep. and, and they couldn't quite figure out what was around it. You had Danny Shays or Blair Rasmussen at the time, guys like that trying to fill it all out. Uh, Wayne Cooper, I think, was there for a little bit as, as oh, well. Oh, of course, he was um, part of the uh, big trade. Yeah, uh, for uh, Fat Ke- Lever and Calvin Nat. Yep, uh, Kiki Vandeweghe deal. Uh, uh, Fat Lever, Calvin Nat, Wayne Cooper, and. Uh, Combination of draft picks, and so that I, I but I remember watching those trades. teams, and I mean landing, you know, Davis Lane's career. But I always remember the same thing: watching him and and English play this sort of just uh, no wasted movement, yeah. beautiful, beautiful, wonderful jump shooters, uh, 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 yeah. or and, and on the runners, Alex was the best on the runners, uh, but Walter Davis is a pure shooter. There wasn't anybody better. I remember they were playing the Lakers in here once when the with Walter in, in the late eighties and the Lakers are still formidable, of course. And there was a play at the end of the game that, uh, that, and the Nuggets didn't run a lot of plays, but in late game situations coming out of timeouts, they ran plays and they, uh, got Walter out just behind the three point line. Uh, Lakers had a two point lead and he was wide open. And you knew from the moment it left his, uh, fingers that, uh, the shot was going in and, uh, I remember Pat Riley was beside himself because he had obviously told him in the huddle that the only way they could lose the game right <laughs> then and there was on a three-point shot. 
and Walter Davis still at the advanced save of his career that he was uh, the most or among the most dangerous three-point shooter. Five-time All-Star, NBA Rookie of the Year in 77. Of course, uh, his number is retired. That number six is retired oh, yeah. in Phoenix. Oh, of course. Uh, with, with the Suns. And the, the, the great quote that I, I read from uh, today was from, from Phil Ford, who... Ah, uh, yes. Another great yes. At, at North Carolina. Yep. And uh, Ford said specifically, he was the best man at my wedding, and I was the best yeah. man at his. Yeah. He loved me, and I loved him. He was a great, great, great guy that happens to be a great basketball player. Exactly. That's perfect. That's the perfect description of Walter Davis. He was a better human being than he was a basketball player, and boy, could he play. So an, an unfortunate loss there uh, as we you know, more the loss of, of Walter Davis, uh, NBA fans, college basketball fans, different Nuggets fans, uh, all touched by Davis's uh, tremendous career and, uh, and personality. Like you said, you know, stayed in the area for a, a long time and had an opportunity yeah. to uh, – to kind of be part of the community. So a, a big, big loss there. Uh, we'll, of course, get back at it tomorrow. Thanks to Dan Mormon for setting the stage with the very exciting high school football players all over the state, uh, starting tonight and continuing over into uh, in, into tomorrow. So we'll make sure we stay on top of that. Go to coloradopreps.com for all the latest or grab the free Colorado Preps app. You can have all of that right at your fingertips as the games go along. So uh, stay with all of that as well. We'll take a look at all this tomorrow. Of course, uh, the Avs get tomorrow off. They're not back until a little bit. The Nuggets don't have to wait too long to get themselves back in action. As a matter of fact, on Friday, they'll start the uh, NBA in-season tournament, whatever that is, sort of wearing weird uniforms and <laughs> strange floors. I still, I, I must admit, I don't quite understand Well, it. we will explore it tomorrow. We'll figure it all uh, out all by right. then. Thanks to Danny Bailey in the booth for making everything work. Uh, thanks to you for listening, whether it's on the FM HD MyLifeSports.com or on the free Mile High Sports app. We'll be back in just around 22 hours, but you don't have to go anywhere. So don't worry about it. Stay right here. We got you on Mile High Sports. Some rock and roll, so tell everybody.